0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk
1: with your host, C.J. Reynolds. This is Real Rap with Reynolds, guys. This uh, YouTube channel that I started uh, at the request of my son, who then lost interest in it, and I kept it going as a teacher channel. And so what I try to do is create teacher content that I wish existed when I started teaching, and one of the things I wish existed when I started teaching was a place to go on Sunday nights when you're freaking out about Monday morning, even though most of us have off for veterans day tomorrow. Um, but apparently not everyone does. Not not- no, no
0: gloss. Our district. Oh, they all have school tomorrow. Really?
1: Yeah. So anyway, um, here's the idea. You show up, we answer questions. And if I don't know the answer, or even if I do have an answer, all of these awesome people on the side are going to like Tal Thompson and Tracy Pinter and Richard Royster are going to answer your questions as well and give you hope for tomorrow, um, which is a tall order, but we're going we're to serve it up. So uh, th- real quick, this weekend I went to the teach better 2019 conference and it was, it had to be the best conference I ever went to and not and. Because mostly they, they just invited the right people. So I got to see Dave Burgess speak for the first time. And that guy did not disappoint. Like, I'm not like a, like, I don't know what I expected, but I've heard so much about him. And he was awesome. My friend Adam Welcome spoke as a keynote and he, like, I don't know what I expected there either. But, like, it was really, really good. And then I met all these, like, really great people. Like, all these DBC authors. Oh, got I want a book um a friend tara martin who's part of the dbc family as well was there and then like all these people showed up like that drove from far away um to come and meet us and that was really humbling i mean look I'm, it's just me and the not-so-secret wife in the, in the diamond i wasn't showing you i just showed your shoulder right <laughs> you just, just your hand uh but it was uh it was really humbling and really wonderful it, it, you know <clears throat> here's what it made me think of, and then i jump into questions. So if you have a question, please just write a uh, cue or question before. If you didn't already, it's totally fine. We'll find it, but it just helps to 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 weed through and find questions um, and leave your question in the side and then we'll go in order and answer as many as we can tonight. So the, the fascinating thing was, I literally...
0: I turned it down prior. I
1: literally felt like it was meeting with all the people in the comment section. Like, what if there was a place where all of you in the comment section that show up every single week, or you're not even, you, you just, you don't even comment. Like if all of us could meet sometime, that would be insane. Cause it would be like meeting all your homies that you meet every single week. So anyway, it was just, it was, it was so good. Like I, I might even make a YouTube video about like, these are the takeaways that I got. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, you ready? Yeah. Let's jump into it. Um, uh, how do you have the energy to do this tonight? <laughs> that's a really great question. I friend, you, my, that's my buddy, unicorns rock. Um, who I talked about a lot this weekend and I think I, I think I can count on one hand. I think I had three hours of sleep one night. And then last night, I think I got two hours of sleep. Um, have the energy to do this. This is no BS. Uh, Wait, I, are you
0: really going to give the real reason. Like you just took a three hour nap.
1: <laughs> no, I, no, I did. You're right. I did take a three hour. That's how he you know has why. the energy. No, why? Because teachers deserve it. Hashtag uh, Adam, welcome. Um, So I love this stuff. Like, and I don't like to disappoint. And so like, I like going out this weekend and hanging with everyone was exhausting. But it was like all it was like getting tired from opening too many Christmas gifts, right? Like no kid would ever be like, I'm tired. My fingers hurt. Like, it's like, no, like bring more. I'll do it. Uh, even if my fingers do hurt a little bit later. What you got? Oh, uh, I should have got water. I talked so much this weekend; and it gave me a sore throat. You have to
0: find your
1: Uh John Lopez is asking: Which song or songs best describe how your academic year is going? Oh man, it could be two. Um, there is a song by Radiohead called "Talk Show Host," which is one of my favorite songs of all time. And if there's ever a movie about me, I wanted to. It's it's there. Uh, I think the other one is, so it's that, or the flip side is, um, the energy of a song like Scenario by Tribe Called Quest, um, is, is what's, you know, I'm, I'm going back and forth this year. Uh, I I
0: don't have another one. I said you gotta find your own question. I was getting you water. Someone said there's a bug on our wall. I hope not.
1: Is there a bug on our wall?
0: I don't think so. I looked.
1: <laughs> that would be embarrassing.
0: Well, why?
1: I don't know. I wonder if anyone ever did a live feed and had something awkward happened in the background. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Answer your question.
1: Or a boogie. <laughs> <laughs> My hair looks like it's a bug on the wall. That doesn't make any sense. But um, Ryan. Bad a lotto, Barb. Let's talk later on the on the channel before we get done. Uh, Reynolds, first love that as good as it gets analogy you gave. Thanks, man. I love that, and it made me really think about it. Uh, so for you, those of you that don't know, that was in my last video that I put up like a week and a half ago. Um, and I'm just gonna tell you, you can check it out there. Um, that helped me a lot this week. Question: How do you draw the line between holding kids accountable and remembering that they're still just kids? I think by having the conversation. So I, whether I push back or I don't push back it always comes back to the conversation of like uh, so I teach all boys so I call everyone bro like like I'm from California and so I it's always bro let, we got to talk about what's going on right now like because I don't know I don't know that kids always know the line and, and when we, I think when we when we speculate that anybody knows anything um we're in trouble so it is approaching a student and saying like Here's this is what I say. Here's what I'm seeing. Um, And it's making me feel like this. And so when you do that to a kid, you're not saying you did this and it was wrong. You're saying this is what I'm seeing or I'll say this is what I'm seeing. Can you speak to this? And all that does is hold a mirror up to someone because sometimes we don't know that what we're doing is bad. There have been times in my life where I've made a video and one of my kids will will do something I don't like and I'll snap or I'll say something um, in a certain way that when I'm editing later, I go, oh, that is like, not like, I just, I, it was like ugly looking. And I didn't think about it in the moment. Like it like, it like left me but in watching it again. It was like holding a mirror up to myself. And that was really impactful. So I think it's by just holding the mirror up and then um, doing that again and again and again. And that, I think that works. Uh, Chris Chong is asking, I teach a computer science class and have a problem with students playing games on computers. I tell them to stop and they prefer to stop, but when I go, when I walk back or when I go back, when I walk and go, oh, and go back when I walk away, my bad, I can't read. Um, Any tips for solving this? Say, Chris, when, um, so I get, I get that you're teaching a computer science class, but what are they doing? What, is, what should they doing? Should what should they be? I'm, I'm, so here's here's what
0: I'm gonna answer. I haven't an answered this. I don't know the exact thing, but so I was talking to a friend of mine, and they were saying they had parent-teacher conferences with his daughter, and the biggest problem was that she was always playing games on the computer when she was supposed to be doing work. So the school district just Im- implemented like some sort of technology that 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 the teacher is able to like. It's called like whiteboard or something like that for the computer that they get to see what's on everybody's screen. Yeah. I wonder if there's some like something like that out there.
1: That's there not... is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to speak to that. You're being really patient, my man. I appreciate it. Let me answer it. There's technology out there that you can see. The connection is unstable. I'm trying to reconnect. Uh, Why is that happening? I don't time. know. Someone said something. Oh, there you go. Tracy Pinder said, go Guardian for Chromebooks. It is like a thing where you can like see what your students are doing. And here's my other suggestion, too, because I think that's a good move. Um, but what are students supposed to be doing? And can it be and not? This is not a judgment call because I have zero idea what you're doing. I don't know what your classroom looks like. But sometimes when my students are not on task, I think, am I being engaging enough? Am I doing something that is like next level enough? That's awesome that you can't help. And so one of the things I talk about when I go give talks places is you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink but you can make it really thirsty. And so how can you make kids thirstier to like really jump into something? And so that, that, to be honest, like I'm feeling the fire of this weekend and it's making me rethink my class in a way where I'm like, how can I bring more engagement from my students by like really upping my game? Like like next, next level. And so, I'm, I am mean, I have those, I have that fire in me this weekend. So uh, that's what I'm thinking about. And that's what I would sort of uh, throw back to you and see like what you think is could work in that world. Like when doing that computer science stuff, like what are you doing that's getting kids excited about what they're doing in class so that they don't want um, to tune out to whatever else is going on.
0: Uh, Crow 15, someone says that you know him. He said he is... Oh, Keith Wanamaker. Do you know that
1: name? Um Old
0: student? Oh Colleen, Colleen Sanchez tagged like he found you from a tag.
1: Yeah, tag. I know that dude. <laughs> know he that was name. on here?
0: Yeah, that's him right there in the green.
1: Oh. I know you, bro, from uh Camden Academy, uh-huh. What's up? That's really funny. Colleen Sanchez type him.
0: Yeah. She tagged you in a post Good work,
1: something. bro. I'd love to know what you're up to. If you'll shoot me an email at love, or at uh, gmail.com, I would love to hear what you're up to. Um, damn, I haven't. No. Nope. That's funny. Oh, did I have a question oh, too? Yeah. Rad. Yeah. Uh, Queen de la Classroom is asking, who is a very wonderful human being? I just want to say. Um, I've met her in real life too. How do you handle it when you start living when you start oh my gosh i am hashtag winning at maybe you should start asking the question uh,
0: that's a good no, idea
1: no you read the baby work in tandem, no, come on, do your question. like a partnership like chips or duke's a hazard I don't know i'm coming up with a thing how do you handle it when you start having a lot of after school things that you feel you're never home with your family um this is a really great question and so i not to talk about i don't want to talk about the conference the whole time but something that I came away with was I work a lot like I I work for me like and I'm not like I'm not like a a, a born hustler like I, I'm like a born I'm more like like a puppy where I have spurts of energy and then I can chill a lot but um that's not even that true because I do move around a lot but anyway my whole point here is that um I now work oftentimes from I'll come home at work at like five or something like that. And then I get home, I eat dinner with the family, and then I work until midnight. And I'm realizing that there's only so much so many more years with my kids, right? So my boy is 12, he'll be 13 next summer. That gives me in essence about uh, five more summers with him before he would uh, go to college, if that's his choice. But about five more summers. And I've been thinking a lot about this idea. There was a study done that said that by the time your children are 18, you've already spent 80% of the face time you will ever have with your kids. And those two things in tandem somehow came up this weekend. And it really made me think I need to be spending more time with my family. Like The business that I'm building is 100% for my family. Um And then, and then the the beauty of that is that it impacts teachers and it impacts students. So it's, it's this really life giving thing, but I am, I'm losing time with what, like with the number one thing I'm pointing this way because my kids are up there. Uh, So I I just have been thinking about that a lot. So I think it's reframing what's actually important. Look, I'll say this online. And I know that people from my school watch this and they know that like, I just don't do everything that I'm supposed to do. And there's, or or that I want to do, like, I don't go to sporting events. I don't go to the plays. I don't do that stuff right now. I used to do it all. And I think when my kids are a little older, I look forward to going back into doing that, to staying all those extra hours to doing all this extra stuff. But right now there's something else that's on my plate. That's really important. It's my children. And so, and the you old, know, not so secret way from not old. I
0: didn't mean it like that. Your brain's not fully functioning tonight. You, this is going to be,
1: I might say some wild shit tonight. I don't even know what's going on. So um, that's what I think it is. It's just reframing what's actually important and saying it to yourself so that you remember and then doing those things that are the most important for you. Um, Amy Russell, my buddy. We will meet one day as well. Um, how do you overcome discouragement from the grind? It's never ending and staying motivated is the problem. It's problematic the past few weeks. Amy Russell, I would say a couple of things. One, I think there's all this talk about self care, right? But, like, what does that actually look like for us? I think self care, my friend Alicia, I met her at a conference uh, last year, told me that her dad always said, if there's no gas in the car, nobody's going anywhere. And that stuck me so much to like, like, I need to fill the guest tank up so we can go somewhere. And so, for me, that's why I'm always talking about like waking up early. And so, with time shift, like, so for daylight like, savings time here in the US, except for Arizona, because they don't buy into that, which is probably a good thing. Um, we switched clocks. So now getting up at 5 really feels like getting up at 6, which isn't that big of a deal for me. And so I get up and I pray and I meditate and I journal and I read something good. I drive to school and I'm mindful about what I'm listening to. I'm not listening to certain types of music because I only want to like fill myself up with goodness. So it's like listening to certain podcasts, listening to certain music. It's going to school and I no longer let my students in as soon as I get there. So if I get to school at 7.15 in the morning, I don't let kids in until after 7.30, which gives me about 20 minutes by myself, which is not answering questions and talking about what was on TV last night, which is also important. But what it's doing is allowing me to be in my room and it's quiet. I put jams on and I get my room ready and I get myself in that mental space. And now I'm like, I feel like a boxer coming out of backstage to the ring because I was like, all that madness is going to be there. The fight's going to be there, but I need to pump myself up first and get myself ready and for me that's praying and listening to music. And then after school like we've been doing a lot of trips of like taking the kids and the dog to the woods that are like not in my neighborhood. because There's there's like four trees in my neighborhood, but like <laughs> going to the woods and I'll tell you like that simple act of taking a walk for 30 minutes is like it's great. It's like it, the best, it's yeah. the best for the kids, it's the best for the dogs, disgusting when we come home, but other than that like it for is
0: all of us, it like resets. Yeah,
1: it just it and that's what it is. I think when you're feeling down and you're feeling worn out that it's what's going to reset you. And most of the time, like, you know, every motivational book I've ever read is like talks about your physiology. It's about getting, getting yourself, um, in a different physical space, which is going to reset your mental space. And then you look at things differently and you carry yourself differently and things go differently.
0: Um, don't forget, you can get someone mentioned also, teachers can get a year uh, for headspace.
1: Oh yeah, free. No, it's not. Head, it is a Headspace oh, also. That's what I thought you said. Headspace Sorry. is the one with the guy that talks like I don't this. He a really. Yeah, shooting, he said Headspace. Oh, all right. I know okay, the Calm app that's... also. You can get a Calm app. Um, um, and they're both wonderful. i I used Headspace, um but now i no, I've it's gotten better at. is free right here. Okay, I've gotten better at meditating, and now the guy scares me when he starts talking again because <laughs> I'm like I'm like, um, Kristen is asking you give straight-up zeros for plagiarizing? We assigned sonnets, and my students turned in. Shakespeare's 30. <laughs> bro, like, you couldn't pick, like, a less famous uh, <laughs> person to <laughs> cheat off of than Shakespeare. Um, I give straight-up zeros for those assignments. Um, I do not allow kids to retake them, and I call home and write it up. And just because I want guys to know, like, look, the, the, the bigger lesson there is not, like, you didn't come at me. I don't feel hurt by you try to trick me or something like that. Like I get it. Right. Like, but like part of me gets it. What I don't want you to know, think is that I think going through life and doing hard work sometimes, like sometimes school's not fun and it can be hard, but sometimes work is hard in life too. And so being able to grind through things is a, is a lesson. Um, I also think it's a lesson that the teacher and the student need to work together to make things not suck so bad so how are you sprinkling magic how are you peppering in some kind of like awesomeness on your class which makes this not suck so bad but um I that's 100% what I would do you're you're in the right if that's what you're doing um I'd be interested to see what other people would say about that as well like would you give a straight zero for that to see like I feel like I feel like Richard Oyster sits differently on those things sometimes and like in a very good way
0: mm-hmm.
1: he like helps level he me out sometimes it. yeah <laughs> um veronica is asking do you have any tips for an aide with a disability trying to deal with discipline um so veronica am I... that look if this is one of those questions where like if i knew exactly what you're talking about i might be able to be even more of more assistance i think dealing with students and dealing with discipline is a couple of things. I think one, um, gosh, there's, all right. So I'm trying to wrap my head around this for a moment because I'm trying to think of like what I've been doing lately. What I've been doing lately is trying to imagine my classes as, as magical as it can be, right? I like literally spend time in the morning envisioning if today was the best, what would it look like? I also envision um, students that drive me crazy and like literally spend time thinking about like forcing myself to think about um, several things that they're good at or that they do. Like, are they on time? Do they always have a pen? Like it could be real, like low stakes here. Like they don't touch other people, like, but they just talk all the time. Maybe that's their problem. But like, what are the good things because sometimes we are just looking, and I said this in a video recently too. Like we're looking for a specific thing, and then we find, like we we find what we're looking for. And so, if I'm looking for good behaviors, or if I'm if I'm thinking in that way, it shifts my mindset a little bit. <clears throat> and the other thing is building relationships with students, and that the the kids I focus on the most are students that fly under the radar, right? Because I think. Um, school class gets gets overcrowded by awesome kid and struggling kid and then there's middle of the road me up and so that's I think why I have affinity for those students because like I totally flew under the radar. Um
0: what YouTube for this video? what i don't know well,
1: whatever it's fine maybe it's not even real youtube maybe yeah. somebody has a stupid thing that's their youtube um and then i i think building relationships with those uh with the struggling students because it's going to help to kind of minimize behaviors and with students that are in the middle because you're adding what you're what you want to do is like move the needle to kids that are engaged and when the engagement there's less behavior problems and i think that building relationships, when I really get down with a kid, there's no way they're going to be a problem in my class. And if they are, I can check them and be like, bro, what are we doing? This is, this is our class. Like This is the best class of the day. What, what, what are you thinking? And they're far more likely to check themselves because they don't want to let you down anymore because they trust and care about you. Uh, and that puts that student in, in the power place also. Uh, Hails teach. We use Oh, that's not a question. We use Go Guardian. It's great. Um oh, awesome. She that's... agreed with Tracy Pinter though. That's for the computer science question.
0: Yeah, I had a
1: question. I oh, you not realize he got me. Did you get me water? Or is this yeah. somebody's old water? All right, awesome. Thank you. There's always water around here. It's like yeah. signs with uh what the hell is that guy's name? Mel Gibson. I
0: don't know. Oh yeah, answer that one. I don't know where we were. You you moved it. Oh, I'll, sorry. I'll
1: figure it out. Still um
0: oh, contaminated she said it's contaminated
1: <laughs> Man, that was a great movie uh Kimberly Wallback my buddy is asking I'm a parrot in the class with a teacher who hasn't shown up for two weeks how can I support the kids oh my gosh Kimberly first of all you need to ask your school that I think it's like where is this person are they sick are they coming back you know have they been abducted maybe we need a search party for him. um so I think uh like I would ask for help and then as a parrot you shouldn't be like I, I'm wondering what that's looking like. Are you having do you have lesson plans? Are you doing something with the like do they have you doing stuff with students? Um I would look here's here's how you win in this situation. I have found that I've had a number of co-teachers that have split. I once worked with who went to lunch and never came back on the first day of school. And so when that happens repeatedly what you show up as is the consistent one. You're the one that shows up every day and you don't need to tell kids that they already know it. So, and I'm not saying you're, you're too wonderful to, to do that kind of crap anyway, but like um, it is that you, the fact that you keep showing up, you're going to be able to build relationships with, with students and have some, some connection points that um, there is a sub or nothing. Yeah, I think you just keep doing the best you can. And remember this, like, like education is about planting seeds. Talk about this all the time. But like, it is, it's so true. It's, it is you're planting seeds that are going to grow eventually. And you being there, you don't know if that pays off now, or if it's in December, or if it's in March, or May, whatever, But just keep, like, stay the course. And i think that you end up personally winning and being able to have far greater effect on your students because you stayed the course because you showed up every day and so yeah um so that's that's what i would do uh shayla i'm not gonna be able to say your last name i don't even know i tried because i can't say things that have too many vowels in them shayla um is asking how do you deal with students who are disrespectful and will not stop creating loud distractions in class i have tried being gracious, stern warnings, parents support, parents support the kids, all oh, that sort Um I, so look, the way, oh gosh, sometimes I have to like, sometimes I get questions. And the way I do stuff is not always the way other people should do stuff. And so that's, it's like, I'm trying, so when I get hung up, because I'm trying to think of an, of an answer, I really think that part of it is, of course, relationship building, even with kids that are a total pain in your ass. I've been detentions to kids that made them eat lunch with me before, and then like almost forcibly formed relationships, like in a way that like you have to show. It's just me and you and a handful of other people in a room, and now we're sitting next to one another, and I'm just going to keep talking to you, and you don't have to like me, but like I just think that that builds this consistency in a kid's life, and and you can kind of break them down. Right? Um, <laughs> I think sometimes giving kids jobs have too much energy or talking to them on the side and saying, look, bro, here's what I'm, here's what I'm back to this, right? Here's what I'm saying. And I'm not sure what to do about it because I want you to be successful. I want you to be engaged because there's something I'm doing that is making you act like this, right? So they might say, yeah, your class is boring or you never call on me or I hate school or I just want like, whatever it is, I don't care about being here. It, what it does is provides a space for a student to open up without you blaming them for doing something. I see this in class, and they might say, I'm not doing that. And then you can talk about that. They might say, this class is stupid. It's boring. I hate school. I don't see any value in what we're doing. Let's have a conversation about that. It's not me proving you wrong. It's me giving you space to be who you are. I think when kids are making loud, outrageous distractions in class, it's because they're bored or they want attention or they're not thinking about what they're doing. So entering into that conversation with someone is like, can we break this down? Like you I used to have a kid that made uh they made bird noises. There were three of them, right? And they this is and then they became seniors and I was like, I want I want to just punch you in the chest right now. <laughs> um then like two of them became my homies and the one kid kept making bird noises the rest of high school. But uh they would do this thing where one of them would make a bird noise and then i would i'd be like bro stop making bird noise it's not me and somebody else would start making a bird noise they were going around and to be honest that is some stuff i would have done in high school and i a part of me that knows it's hilarious but it becomes having the conversation of like here like literally like this is what we're literally doing right now like making bird noises and it's funny but Comedy is always about t- timing, and so this was the conversation I had with them: was like, you, it, "It's just the wrong time. Like, you, you're you're farting in the elevator, man. There's a time and a place for stuff, and like now you're just ruining it for everyone." And so
0: <clears throat> that you not just you said it now.
1: <laughs> I did. Did you like that one?
0: It's yeah, disgusting. I
1: also tell kids this is inappropriate. Also, uh, I go, bro. There's a time up for everything, like. You don't wipe your ass in a classroom, so don't disrupt my classroom either, because um, it's not the time or the place to do it. Um, so I think that I think I answered the question. I got distracted there, uh, but that's that's what I would do. I think it comes to a conversation, and then like, um, and then take points off if you have to. Like I take points off because now you're distracting. You were distracting the rest of the class. You're being disruption, so we're losing points. And sometimes it's like figuring out what language a kid speaks and then speaking that language to them.
0: You don't teach girls, so and. Have you heard this? The that school girls Yeah, like Marley walks around, on walks around and she goes whatever that noise is. That that's like a thing. And other people were saying done calls in their classroom as well.
1: There's that's hilarious. I kids are weird. The more thing about it, I thought the other day that of all the dumb stuff we did in high school. And you think it's hilarious and like I it was like I had a moment where I just thought of like four things I did in high school that were so stupid and because I'm young and I'm just thinking dumb stuff to do uh so yeah uh Stephanie is asking do you miss teaching a co-gendered classes um I too I do <clears throat> I'll be honest with you I keep up with far more female students that I used to teach than male students. and because when I, I for some reason, when I taught guys and girls, the the girls were more willing to share, and so I never had to like push like boys kept themselves in check a lot of times because girls were in the class um and because they wanted to look cool because they're in ninth grade, and everyone's awkward, and they don't know what to do with themselves. And so I, I don't know what that was, but it's like some of my favorite students of all time were my female students from old school. So I do miss that. Um, I don't – I often wonder what it would be like to teach an all-girls school instead of all-boys school, but um, there is something to all-boys school that I just – I really love. Like, I think I'd be – I'm the kind of person – I think I'd be happy, like, wherever I taught, but there's something really special to it that I didn't innately think would be special. But, yeah. uh. Angelica is asking, um, great picture. You look like you're like on a red carpet in your profile picture. You just mentioned that you listen to positive podcasts. What podcasts do you recommend a student teacher here? So I listen to, it depends on who the guest is, right? There's no, there are no podcasts. I just like straight listen to Um, patrol. uh, I'll listen to like Ed Milet. I'll listen to um, Aubrey Marcus podcast, um, Joe Rogan um sometimes I uh design matters with Debbie Millman right so like here's the thing about me is that I very rarely read educational books I'm just like not interested in them although now I like so I got this book the other day uh from Aaron Martin be real I won it at the conference um or now hearing Dave Dave Burgess speak I really want to read his book I read more I read stuff about business and design because I think that that is so many times like really creative. So if you want to like, like classrooms are like running little businesses, right? Like we want customers to show up and to want to show up. Um, one of the things Dave Burgess brought up in his talk was if you, if kids didn't have to be in your class, would they show up? And so trying to create a class that students want to show up to that, there's like innate value. There's like a connection with the teacher. They really like, they're the students that are like texting me over the summer or like, DJ Dirty Kev was texting me tonight. Um, it, it's those sorts of connections. And so I think in the world of design and entrepreneurship, we are trying to get people to show up. We're trying to get their attention. And I think that those have far creative, more creative solutions a lot of times than teachers do. And I'm not saying that about all teachers. What I'm really saying is, and, I, and not us, right? Let, let, me, let me draw that distinction. Because- in this chat on this channel on the people that I choose to get down with we all know the people in our school that that show up for the kids We know the people in school that are willing to ride or die for, for kids in the classroom and do that's maybe not a good analogy because that sounds weird but anyway you get what I'm saying like it is the people that show up for the kids and we know the people that are like just done like or you're not even really sure why they show up because they been handing out the same worksheet since 1984 and it's still purple ditto paper um in that group right Seth Godin says uh who's an entrepreneur Seth Godin says people like us do things like this and I love that idea so much because it's like who would spend all this time creating a classroom that looks a particular way? Who would go out of their way to build a connection with a student, to spend time giving up their lunch, to eat with a student, to bridging gaps and taking a student who feels like they're invisible and making like doing anything you can to make that kid visible. Because people like us do things like this. And that is not an exclusive term. I'm not trying to like exclude anyone. I get down with who I get down with at school. I have my circle of people, not because I don't like the other people, but because it's life-giving. It brings me joy. It is fun to be around them. And so, and even, and it's a place to go when you're not feeling fun, when you're feeling drained, when you feel broken. Those are my homies that I go to that I get down with the most. And there are other folks that just choose not to do that that's fine. You can choose your own way. And that's, there's a group for everyone. But I just think that like that idea of, um, that's what I get from those podcasts is like people like us, the creatives, the people that are loving, um, the people that are, are trying to be kind and make the world a better place. Like people like us do things like this. I just think is, is like a really great mantra. Um, so she, Weston is saying, I volunteer at an urban ed elementary school. And a lot of my kids living in in poverty and are falling behind due to trauma and behavior issues. How can I make a change for those kids in those situations? I think, I think I said your name wrong too. Sheila, I'm not going to try and figure it out because then I just butcher people's names. I'm sorry. I suck at people's names. I, I think it is about remembering Let's take two things, right? Let's make this totally accessible. One, your attention is far more important than your advice. Just sitting with someone and listening to them is far greater than having the right thing to say. Oftentimes, when we try to make people feel better, it actually makes them feel worse. I I cannot stand when I have a really difficult day and I tell someone and they go, well, why'd you do it like that anyway? You should have done this. And it's like, um, you know, there's always tomorrow. And it's like, I get like, they're like, I get where their heart is coming from, right? Don't mean the judge. What I mean by that is that sometimes you just want someone to sit down in the mud with you. And Brene Brown has a really great piece about this. If you go on um, and type it, I I don't even know what you would type really, but if you type in Brene Brown, I'm going to say Fox, there's this really great animation that someone made of. And so, you know, you're looking at the right thing. It's like a Fox or a bear. They're in the woods and they look down this hole and they see someone in the hole Go look up that video. I'm not even going to explain the rest of it. It's really empowering. Um, so your attention is more important than your advice. And then, like I said earlier, I think remembering that we are planting seeds so that students are like, we don't always see immediate change. I, I cannot express enough. Like when I have said something to a kid that was empowering or hurtful that over a decade later, they shout me out on social media i meet them on the street or whatever and they say you once said this to me and it changed my life or you said this to me and it hurt my feelings it's like damn man we are planting seeds whether they are weeds or flowers in our students lives and it's really about being mindful that like you don't always see the effect now sometimes it doesn't come till much much later so just remember that and stay the course and you're doing good work you don't have to fix everyone. You're just being a consistent force of love and kindness in their lives. And that's all anybody can ask from you. Um, next question. Stacking time. How do I adjust from junior high to high school? Um, I find that prayer uh, works a lot and wine. Uh, um, so look, it's the same thing, right? Like, But it depends on what grade I feel, right? I might not know. Some somebody else on here might have a better answer for this. Um, I feel like uh, sixth seventh, eighth grade are like wow, man it's like freaking beaker and I
0: think this is a student oh yeah well then
1: I'll change what I'm going to say i I think you can do a couple of things um Junior high is hard uh, to me it was very very difficult I had a hard time I although i'm'm I'm, I like having fun I like laughing I like carrying on um I do not take being made fun of well. And I that was a struggle for me, right? I went from like everything was cool, fifth, sixth grade, got in the seventh grade, dude started making fun of me and I was like, ah, oh, like a deer in the headlights. Like, how do I deal with this? And I think in high school, what you see generally, my, my experience was students started to mature more. And I started to find my footing and find my personality and really find my peer group. Because like once you're going through all the growth of, of being a teenager, I found people that I really got down with and I'm going to, here's a uh, tr- uh, pro tip. You're starting to become the person you're going to become the music. You listen to the art that you, that you take in, the kind of clothes that you wear, the way you start styling your hair, like all these things start informing the sort of person that you're becoming on the inside and you this outside is just the manifestation of the inside change. Right. So um, I think just looking for good people I, more than anything, I would remember going into high school that you were absolutely the average of the five people you choose to hang around with the most and being mindful of those folks. Because if you hang out with people that stink, I mean, you're going to stink. If you have hang out with people that are doing awesome stuff, you're going to end up doing awesome stuff. If you hang out with people that are fit or smart or getting the grades or being loving forces in the world, like you're going to be that also. So in high school, I only partnered with people i thought were awesome and i had the audacity to just try and stand near them and be one of them and then it only ever benefited me for the best uh best of luck too i'm that's uh that's a crazy transition but um it's something you'll remember for the rest of your life
0: that's your your student he is a teacher shut up in camden he said
1: wanamaker you're a teacher
0: yeah bro you gotta email we
1: gotta connect do This, I can't. First of all, this is freaking blowing my mind. I like in the best way possible. Like, oh man, all right. Uh, do your students see kindness as weakness, and can you change the mindset of students to behave without your fear without fearing you? Um, yes, students all students often mistaken kindness for weakness, and I tell them, do not mistake in my kindness for weakness. I tell them that I, I think you have to be transparent with where you're coming from. I want kids to know that I care so much, bro. Like like building relationships, right, is is number one. And if you think back to, um, I'm, I'm going to speak your language, right? And, and not everyone's going to know what I'm talking about. You think back to the students, to the teachers that dared to build relationships with students. Miss Ash, McDougal, Mr. Major, Mr. Brown um, were all teachers that had the audacity to say, bro, come over here. Let's talk. Let's, and let's be a hundred percent real about what's going on in your life. And then, although McDougal and Ash and those guys were like really great people um, that were trying to make class engaging, that were really caring towards you, they will call you on your shit in a heartbeat. And I think that that is the switch is that, and then when you do that, it is, the difference is speaking to someone and saying, um I need you to understand where I'm coming from for this. It's not cuz I want you to be in trouble. It's cuz I want you to be successful and I think this is what you need right now. And I don't mean that in a Chris Brown Rihanna kind of way where you like punch someone and go it's for your own good. Like that's like we're not talking about abusive relationship here. We're talking about being real with yourself and then checking yourself too. Like keep like making sure that your intentions are the best because sometimes we get aggravated with students and we do things out of haste or out of um, anger. And then we're trying to penalize a student. But it's like we have to be the grownups and say, nope, this is what's absolutely necessary. So if I give a kid a zero for cheating, if I if I raise my voice in class, if I speak to a student outside of class and I have to really be real with them, I need them to know that it's 100% from a place of care because I got to snap you out of your behavior so that we can build something better. And I think many, many, many students – do not fail enough. I don't think us as humans fail enough. We give out eighth place trophies. And I know that's Gary V thing, but like, um, and students aren't getting hit with reality enough. And when we do hit them with reality, it's like not just knocking someone. And I'm not, that would sound like I was, uh, (laughs) insinuating you should have physical violence, but like, if you, if someone gets knocked down with your decision, it's about helping them back up and then helping them figure out a way forward. It's about learning how to fail quickly so that you can grow from that failure. So I think it's building those relationships with students are going to allow them to even hear that. Because when kids think you're just coming at them, they're just going to shut down and be like, nah, bro, done. Like, don't even talk to me anymore. You You just hate everything. You just want me to fail. You just don't want me to do well. It's like, you have zero idea what you're talking about right now. And I want you to know right now that I care about you more than you could ever imagine. I only ever want success for you in your life. And I want you to be the greatest possible version of what you could be. But to do that, I got to take no bullshit, bro, because I want to help you build, grow into someone that is amazing. Um, And you can take what I'm doing however you want, but I know the truth. And that's the, the bottom line, Keith, I think is that you have to remember that you know your truth. And when that's pure and honest, then you win. you're really going to eat the kids Halloween candy right uh, now all right uh Diane Clawson is saying yeah. I have a student who has multiple dishonesty issues I want to trust him again but I'm super cautious any advice Diane you know my mom always said I trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you and so I tell students I just an incident I had recently um student was caught cheating um Student came after school to talk to me about it. And I'm in my room with all the regular guys. It's Ham and Shane and like hugs and all the dudes you see in all the videos, right? And we're having like just daily wrap-up session talking about the day and stuff like that. And he comes in and he goes, Mr. Reynolds, I want to talk to you about my grade. I said, sure, man. He says, uh, you, gi- you gave me a zero and I wasn't cheating. But like my man like had the answers in his hand. And so I said, well, this is what I saw. Um, can you break that down for me? And Ham goes, bro, you're cheating. And the kid goes, no, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't. He goes, bro, you were cheating. And Hugs goes, yeah, bro, you were a hundred. Like, no, who forgets they have something in their hand? Like you were cheating. And then they went on to talk about me in a way that like, I don't even, I don't like compliments, but I'm going to tell you this story anyway. So no, this is very uncomfortable for me. Um, like Mr. Reynolds will do anything for you. And he tries to make his class engaging for you. And then he trusts you. He trusts you until you give him a reason not to trust you. And t- and
0: he said that? Dude,
1: I'm telling you, this wow. kid was hit in the mitt with honesty in a way that he was just like, <laughs> these are seniors that mm-hmm. are guys, people like Ham's the, the captain of the wrestling team this year. He, or he's, oh. he, he's either captain or co-captain of the wrestling team. But still, yeah. And it was, so that has some, he holds some clout. And it wasn't the message, it was 100% the messenger. So sometimes when you're dealing with things like that, I think it's about being honest with kids and saying, look, man, you got to build trust back up. And I want you to, and I think you can, and we can get there 100%. But what I'm seeing from you is this sort of dishonest behavior. And I'm going to hold a mirror up to you so you can see what that is. I think also sometimes finding mentors for students to help them along the way in any number of ways, and that doesn't have to be something that's like teachers would. Teachers would do this. Teachers would then make a committee about it. They would have conversations about it. They would send out emails about it. They pair kids up, and they would have meeting times during the week where those mm-hmm. kids would meet together. Or you buy a bunch of cereal and eat with kids after school. Or if you're too, if you don't have uh, money for cereal, go buy it. top ramen. That's stuff, six for a dollar. Get some hot water from the office and eat top ramen with kids. And let those kids that are dishonest and and behavior issues or whatever eat with the rest of you. And I'm telling you, you can't have a bad time when you're sharing a meal with people. It is, like, it is the space to get to know someone and then someone that you know, someone that trusts you, someone that sees that you care not just for them but for everyone else, they will have a significantly harder time being dishonest with you because now they care about you. They care about what you think and betraying your trust becomes a much harder thing to do uh chris t is asked chris t i don't know if your name's christy or if you just did chris t because t's your last name but either way kind of fun um (laughs) i'm a new teacher and the student and i seem to have a good relationship but i teach in a small community and the students are always trying to get into my personal business boundaries question mark um chris t they you should live out loud you should share things about your life with your students Where'd you grow up? What was it like growing up? What did you think in their grade? What kind of music do you listen to? What kind of movies do you listen to? Um, Do you have a dog? What's your dog's name? What kind of dog do you have? What do you do after school? Where do you go this weekend? Students, we want to know this stuff about students. So we need to share those things about us. It's about modeling the behavior for students. Now, if your students say, when's the first time you kissed your boyfriend? That's a little bit friggin' weird. I don't know if I'd tell people that. If they said, Did you ever, did you ever try drinking when you're in high school? Did you ever smoke pot when you're in high school? Those are questions I'm about to answer for students ever. Um, And thank you very much for doing that. Um, I think though that the, the, literally, and and I can't say that this is, everyone has a version of this, I think, but literally creating a YouTube channel has been the best lesson I've ever taught my students. And this is the reason I have taken Something that I tried with my son, that I started creating content for the internet, that turned into speaking engagements, that turned into a way for me to create revenue for my family by going and speaking places, by showing students that I'm willing to make over 300 some videos now for free, right? Like I don't get paid. I get paid a little bit from YouTube, but it's like not – that. that's not where – you don't get rich off of YouTube from making YouTube videos.
0: Unless you have about like five million yeah, subscribers. Yeah. Then you I like, don't really know if we're ever gonna get no. to five million.
1: But it's making free taking my time making <laughs> free stuff to help other people in the world and be a force of kindness in the world. Um, doing mentoring calls that led to a book. All this stuff that I'm doing, I'm doing live on the internet, like right now, live on the internet and showing students what it looks like in 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 my most humble way to try and be do something good in the world. Um, I share the lives of my kids. I talk about my wife. Doing that stuff is the best lesson because kids don't often know what it looks like to do something successful. So if I was doing a weight loss challenge or if I was doing, going to the gym every, like, so I run every day and I put it on Instagram. I've been running for over 330 some days. Shit, I gotta run tonight into this, I know. damn it. Um, so putting that out there let's it, You are, you are being the inspiration for children. Now that could be in a million ways. It could be being a great parent. It could be cleaning your home or designing stuff or helping at your church, but you're doing that stuff out loud. And you're not just telling kids to be good people. You're showing them how to be a good person or at least one version of that, right? I'm not the be all end all, but I'm, that I think that that is the best lesson you could ever have for your students um h dog is asking i I like how certain people's (laughs) names i don't know why i wanted to say them like with enthusiasm
0: yeah because they're fun to say or like like, they do that on purpose
1: yeah i hope so um hey currently writing my personal statement application for teaching any tips to stand out from the crowd i think be brutally honest um what's your so i haven't done that in a while but when i am thinking about schools i'm thinking about why me? Like, what about my story makes me a better teacher? So I'll, I'll tell you, I was telling... Um, you
0: mean like your personal story?
1: Yeah. So I was telling, I was at dinner with uh, Ryan Sheehy, who wrote uh, Be One for the Kids. Be One for the Kids, right? I've, I, we've been making so many title jokes all weekend that I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> um, and I was telling him that I... Okay. No, I, I got it. Uh, so I was telling him that growing up, I wanted to be, um, a drummer, I wanted to be a clown. And I actually went to, Cal- I went to California, I went to, uh, Africa and at a time in my life, I worked in an AIDS clinic for about two and a half months. And I used to go in and just blow bubbles to people or, um, do silly stuff and like try and brighten the day of those that are in, in there. Um, I've spent time in a monastery cause I really thought about being a monk or a priest at one point and so as i'm telling them this he's like bro why wasn't this in your talk the other day this is great because it is it is taking all you all you've been through in your life has helped to create the person that you are and so what are some of those things that have impacted you to a level where you're now you think you have something to bring to the classroom it's not where you went to school it's not how good your grades were it's not how excited you are about teaching what what is where does the passion come from that you are now going to go into a school and bring that life experience like the fact that i lost both of my parents when i was young the fact that i had a really hard time in high school and middle school and got beat up every single day i don't know if i would write that particular thing but uh, the fact i got beat up every day of freshman year every day and survived and thrived in high school the fact that i got into college in community college and spent like a Van Wilder stint in school because I didn't know how to learn because I didn't learn in high school because I was a solid C minus student in high school. All that made me into who I am today. And those are the gifts that I now bring to my school. So what are your gifts and where do they come from that you're bringing to the, to the school, into the situation that you're into? Um, uh, Ari is asking, do you have any tips for teachers who are, in IB schools teaching English B I don't know what's in I I forget what the I so two things one could somebody help me out with that uh do you have any tips for teachers who are in IB schools teaching English B I don't know what IB is I feel like it's I feel like that's international baccalaureate I don't really know um two um so if you can clarify that maybe I can I can help out with that. But, uh, if anybody else has an answer for that too, my wife had to step out. There's a family thing. Um, so I'm on my own now and I'm looking for questions and this is not my strong suit because it involves multitasking, which I'm terrible at. So I hope I don't mess up. Uh, Joe Trent is asking, Hey rounds. I have my students teaching interview in two weeks. Do you have any advice? Joe, whenever you go into an interview for everything, for anything, I think one of the best things you can do is act like that school matters to you that it's not one of the five to ten schools that you're going into i would look up their website do some deep diving like google their name see if they were in a news report at some point like maybe the robotics team won a thing last year maybe the bowling team is the best in the state maybe they have um a lacrosse program that you want to be a part of and then when you go into the interview, remember, you're interviewing them also. So when they say, do you have any questions for us? The worst thing you can say is no. You want to say, yeah, I, so um, I'd love to work at your school. I think it's a wonderful place. I'm really interested in your polo or your water polo or your hockey team or whatever. I used to do this when I was a kid, and I really think I could help with that. Um, I saw that uh, your SAT scores were th- like, like you guys had really good like uh, results on that last year. I'd love to be a part of that situation. Like I struggled with that when I was a kid and like tell a little bit of your story and how are you going to bring value to their school? Like literally, even as a student teacher, you are going to make their school better when you show up. And then when you get that gig, my other piece of advice is I remember saying to my student, the guy that I student taught with, um, how do I make your life better by being here? How do I be of any use like that you could use by being here and that is like music to someone's ears because now you're not a chore now you're not a student teacher that they like need to babysit or make sure they have something to do my the guy I was with never had to give me anything to do I just did stuff I was just like cleaning boards and grading papers and organizing stuff and meeting students and handling things and uh greeting students at the door and saying goodbye to them and like helping the great stuff. Like I was just like finding things to do because I wanted to bring value. And I think when you go in to an interview with the idea of this particular institution is important to me and this is what I know about you and how can I be of service? I think you win um, more times than you don't. Uh, next question is, uh, you're good. Uh, trying to find questions. Oh, here we go. Shayla is asking. Oh, she said, "On on kindness is weakness." I've tried to build relationships with students, and they take my words and misquote them to their parents, who call the school. It makes me want to keep them distant. No. Uh, so here's what you do. I've had students do this all the time, where you'll say a kid something to a kid, and then they go home and they say, "The teacher said this." We all hear what we want to hear. I think it's about teaching active listening skills to your students, really. Like, so like, I'll say something to a student and if the student says, this is how I'm feeling, I'll say, so this is what I'm hearing, right? This is like, this is like relationship uh, therapy 101. This is what I'm hearing. And then I repeat back to them. Then when I say something to them, I go, do you understand what I'm saying? All right, would you, for for the sake of clarity, right? Like I tell them I'm old and my, you know, I I get things wrong sometimes. Can you tell me what you're hearing me say? Because I want you to repeat it back so that we're very, very clear on what's going on there, that you didn't hear something else. Um, <laughs> and I think that helps. I think, like, look, I'm terrible. At, at, like, I, the, the parent thing always messes me up. But nine times out of 10, it's like, I call parents and I go, look, I only want what's best for your kid. Like, I don't, I don't want anything else. I only want... Them to have an awesome year. Um, This is what I saw in class. This is how I handled it. Do you have a suggestion? Is there a way that that someone in the past, a teacher, dealt with this better? Or I want to know two things: who was the best teacher your kid ever had and why? Who was the the teacher that they um, not their worst teacher, but the teacher that they butt heads with the most, or had a struggle in their class with the most, and why? And that puts parents in the know, right? That puts parents on offense. That puts parents in a space where they feel like they can provide value to you and you are acknowledging the fact that they know their child better. And every parent wants to be acknowledged in that way. They want you to, like, like if, if I've talked about this before, if my kid's school had ever said, this is what's going on and we'd love your feedback, bro. Mind blown. But they don't, they, a lot of times teachers act like they know kids better than parents do. And sometimes we do, but like most of the time, the parent knows their child far, far better. Um, So going into it with that. So that's, that's what I would do. Uh, Chris T is saying, anyone have any tips on how to dissuade a high school student who has formed a crush on you? Not sure why or how it happened, but I want to shut it down ASAP. Without actually acknowledging it. Uh, Chris, you could start farting a lot more in class, like publicly, and that would probably help. No, I don't wanna make light of it. Uh, I've, I've, it happens, right? It happens because they're especially teenagers, man. That's all they think about sex all day. Like, and it's like, you know, I remember I literally had a 10th grade uh, science teacher that had whiskers. Um, and this woman, uh, there were times where I'm like, Oh, it's only three whiskers she's still kind of cute like it's like uh not that I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings I has whiskers out there but um they it was just like that's where your head is I think one of the things I talk about or I used to talk about um I don't really have that issue anymore is like talking about my wife and my kids a lot and this is like anywhere So like if I go somewhere and I'm at a conference or um, I am anywhere where like somebody tries to take something too far or they try to like uh, they let you know how much they like they like you, um, I go, I hear you. Like that's what my wife says to me all the time. Like I like and I'll just be like, I absolutely love her. Or like I would walk in the class and be like, can I just tell you guys something really great? Like my wife like makes my lunch every day. Like I literally don't know how I even got this lucky to have this person in my life. And um and, and so I think it's it's dissuading them because you're showing your interest in something else so much. And so that that works for me. Here's can I ask for help on that too? Like does anyone on the side here have any answer like if a student's ever had a crush on you? um how have you dealt with that because I feel like I'm a guy too so I don't know if I I don't know if I would handle it differently um for that way or if like if like people have had to get help have you had to go to like a counselor have you had to talk people to someone today,
0: like, they've already did some people suggested to like go to a safeguard team I guess certain schools have stuff like that in place oh. um and to just yeah kind of keep a copacetic like
1: Yeah. Look, here's the other thing I'm going to recommend. If you don't find the answer here, I think that's a really good question for in the Facebook group. So, uh, real rap with Reynolds teacher talk on Facebook, it's free group for anyone that doesn't know about it. It's closed. Um, you can just go on there and leave your question and you will get, a ton of answers in there, and I think that could be a really good space. Um, for
0: I also I remember you having someone having a crush on you when you were in Camden. Was it you? Um, uh, no, oh, no. Um, and you said you did things like very strategic, like you're never in the room alone with that nope. student. Like you always never had the door open, never
1: alone. Period. Not yeah. in the hallway. Not in the room. Not in the parking lot.
0: But so those are like real tactical like things that yeah. that person could do just yeah. to. Keep the boundaries. Yeah, because the, the scary
1: part about that is it's all reputation, right? It is. It's like if you ever got accused of something, it doesn't matter if it happened or not. Like now your reputation is just like our jobs are our reputations. Like, and that either in a good way, like all the kids know about your class and they know you're going to be awesome and they can't mm-hmm. wait to be in your class, or they, your class is like, or you're mean or you're kind of like, weird like that all happens too. um here we go is this the
0: what we'll richard oyster my answer. man richard
1: oyster is saying beside the answer above it really depends on the degree of the crush i had a girl with a borderline pd with borderline pd and a, and man i just completely cut that down and got staff to run point uh zero. zero contact that's it and richard oyster is like literally the most earnest human he is like one of the best i feel like you know that they remember those commercials when they would do those uh i think it was bud light when they would be like
0: we're the american heroes
1: i feel like they should make one of those about richer voices wouldn't it be awesome
0: can you make the american flags i might i should
1: you know, the american flags blowing behind me standing in front of his his school with his youtube channel like oh my god Yeah, yeah that might be there's a christmas break project right there um Mr. Tran, whose name I always seem to mess up. So, uh, to, I, damn it, I used to get it right all the time. Anyway, I'm just not gonna beat myself up about this. Is saying, following up on the boundary one, how do you handle kids who <clears throat> are asking your opinion on controversial subjects? It depends on what the controversial subject is, right? So I, I used to do this thing one year where, uh, sorry, pardon me for a moment where we would, um, gosh, talking so much the last few days. Uh, I had a thing in my classroom called the box of questions. And the, where I got this idea was from, I remember having sex ed class in the fifth grade. And there was an anonymous time where we could ask any question that we wanted. Right. So like, what was, uh, what was, I remember, I didn't know what a tampon was. That was my question in the fifth grade. And I just, what? and I, yeah, I, like, the hell well, I yeah, know, I don't, I don't know. I, years old. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> so that was my question. And I remember the teacher read it, but because nobody knew it was me, even though everyone giggled when they read it, I still felt safe. And I just played it off. Like it wasn't me. Oh, yeah. you. <laughs> and so I made this box of questions and I had students ask me all kinds of weird stuff and some of them, I felt like I could answer and others, I just went with my gut instinct and thought, Nope. And I just don't read them aloud. So I think some stuff it's like, I tell kids, that's a great question. Um, or I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable answering that. Or I go like this, but I can't talk about stuff like that. Like my kids got to eat. You want to start, My kids to starve to death for me, like talking about like, drugs or what whatever it is, like whatever that thing is, whatever your line is. But I say go with your gut, go with your instinct and just trust that because you know whether or not that's the answer or not. And I just tell kids like, yo, my kids gotta eat or like you, it could be your dog, like I gotta live. Like I gotta, I gotta pay my bills. I'm you know, I'm gonna be living on the street if I just get caught up in stuff like this. Um sometimes that happens too. Are you British or American? I'm American. Um I my family is from London and Ireland and Germany. Um, and then the old wife over here is from just about everywhere else in the world, which means our kids are like, they are a multicultural yes, situation. Are. Uh, Lucky them. My buddy Kimberly Walbeck is saying, where's your next speaking conference? I think, uh, oh St. no, Joe's. St. Joe's University uh, next Saturday. Um, I'm speaking with my friend Cho in the same session And that is like Bert and Ernie giving a talk to one another or with one another. I can't wait. It's going to be hilarious. And we're speaking about uh, something along the lines of like, and they they gave me the topic. Like, what do you do when you don't have resources? So what do you do when you teach in a school and you don't have any money? And then how can you still provide things for your students on a budget? Uh, Yeah. Texting people. That's cool. I got it. Like, find my own question. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going Ashley right. is saying, can I ask a question without you getting mad at me? Yes. I don't – I feel like that pertained to something else. Oh, yeah, she's having a conversation. That wasn't to me. Um, Yuki, I think – Y-U-K-I. Uh, I work at a – I work at a cram school teacher. I work as a cram school teacher, and I teach a class of six, six English – but there's one student who's not used to cram school and refuses to do any work. How can I help that student? Um, for, I don't know what a cram school is, but I think if students aren't used to the kind of school and they refuse to do work, um, look, I, at, at, I, I realize I'm redundant a lot of times, but it's just a lot of stuff has the same, same answer, man. Right. Um, I think, Helping students reverse engineer what they want to achieve in their life or in the year works the best. And my favorite example of that was last year, my man, uh, I had a student, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he's watching this, um, and I don't want to put his business out there, wanted to be a nurse, but was like, by the end of senior year, was just like completely done with high school. And he says, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't even care if I fail. And I go, well, what do you want to be? And you're like, what do you want your life to look like? Like, where do you want to live? Do you want to help out your mom? Do you want to help out your sister? Do you want to support your brother? Do you want to have options? Do you want to have your own place? Do you want to drive your own car? Like, what kind of job do you want? Where do you want to go on vacation? How many vacations do you want to take a year? And we start talking about this stuff. And he says, I want to be an emergency room nurse. And so the conversation became like, and I want to have this house and I want to drive this specific car. And then we literally sat there at lunch. We looked it up on my phone and we priced it out. An apartment costs this much. That car costs this much. Helping your sister out with a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a week, so that she can go to college and have spending money and eat and all this stuff, and not have to feel like she has to work the whole time, costs this much money. And then you want to be a nurse, and you can't just show up at a hospital and start nursing people. You go to jail for that. Um, like, hey, ma'am, uh, let me take your blood. Let me—I uh, don't know how to really do this. I didn't go to any schooling for it, so it's like. To get there, you need a, it, where we live, uh, what we looked up anyway, is a two-year program, at like even a community college. But to get into that, you need to pass high school and you need to do it with this GPA. And if you don't do that, then you can't do the other things. Like that's the foundation brick. And then you build upon that. So when you can help students see where they actually want to go and then reverse engineer that sometimes, it really helps them to go, all right, because it becomes a game, right? Like, you cannot like all the pieces of the game. But sometimes like, it's like, if you can imagine, you know, exactly what that body weight is that you want to get to, you know, exactly how many miles you want to run, if you just went out for a run with someone. And so I hate it. when someone goes want to go for a run, I immediately think, how far do you want to run? Like, because if it's eight miles, I'm not into it. But if it's three or four, I'm down. If it's one, of course. So that, that's what it becomes sometimes. It's like having that end goal in mind and then working backwards from there. Um,
0: Just
1: a couple more. Oh, actually, yes. Why is your wife not on camera? It just seems like you're being dismissive of her and you shut her down. And But that's an optics issue, just saying um i was actually not sure your preview. that's why i asked her oh so um do you want to answer that
0: yeah i just hate being on camera like i'm not like even our own personal family videos like when we look back at stuff i go oh i'm never i'm not i'm not in anything you know so i try and be in more i just i just don't like it it's just not my jam so i stay off camera
1: yeah not um, dismissive no
0: i like to say hi with my hand yes,
1: she is so <laughs> uh
0: but I, would, I like meeting people in person. It's just like camera. I don't know. It makes yeah. me awkward.
1: So we used to have, so not that this is like really relevant. I mean, it's relevant enough. Um, when we would go to parties and stuff when we were younger, I want to meet everybody. Like I am the guy that can go into a bar and I don't know anybody and I have three best friends by the time I leave. Um, my wife was not like that. But we got to this point where like, um, I don't know how you shifted. Because okay. now you're, like, like you used to be really shy when we go to parties. Because remember, you'd be like, I just need to know that you see me. And yeah. so, like, I would just have to acknowledge you across the room. You're like, I'm good. Like, you can keep doing what you're doing. But, like, just acknowledge me. So in every can. so yeah. often
0: to, like, ease my anxiety. But now we'll things. go to,
1: like, Target. And you talk to everybody about everything. It's yeah, like this I, big shift.
0: I guess. I don't know what it is. I don't. Right. So meeting people in person is fine. It's, it's a camera because you don't know where to look and you're looking at yourself. It's all just a big thing. For well, And when I we do know. this,
1: so, so, you know, like we have two phones. And so my wife is looking for questions to both best maximize our time. Um, I go and on so order,
0: everybody, just, so you know, I doing. don't skip anything. Um,
1: and in case let's put this out on the internet. Um, I never try to purposefully be dismissive of my wife. Um, I am sure that I occasionally do it on accident. Um,
0: the thing is, nobody knows us though. Like no. really, like our relationship. I mean, we've been together 25 years. Yeah. Like something like that. I don't even know anymore. And
1: I literally like, let, let's put this out on the internet. Um, I literally could not ask for a better relationship. than I Like if I had to literally design a relationship for real, don't you feel like I, I do? Like, it's like, she picked me up at the airport this morning and I'm talking to her as I'm like getting closer to the car and then we saw each other and she gets out and she gives me a big hug and a kiss and i'm like this is so weird like my parents didn't do this shit like like we're 25 years in oh wait oh 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 babe. You I know. this is my show um <laughs>
0: <laughs> but see that's the stuff that people don't get like our no. the banter and the sarcasm between us like cj's always one with jokes and i'm the one who always laughs at you're them because
1: like, i just you go like this stop I just doing much. so yeah it's it's funny anyway um that
0: we can end on that yeah let's, yeah let's end on that
1: all right so look i'm I, I can't get through every single question and i really to be honest with you, just so you know like before you click off um that there's a part of me that's bothered every week by that because i want to answer every single oh, question knots. i can't yeah, i
0: hate leaving it's,
1: it's the worst um if you have more questions you can do two things one, go to the f- Facebook group, uh, Real Rapid Vental Teacher Talk. Or if you show up next week, um, 5 p.m. Eastern time, every single week, we go in order. So the earlier you get your question in, the faster we can get to it. Um, so that's a thing also. I really want to thank, and I want to shout, I want to I steer you to something really quick. Um, if you go on, and there's no benefit to this for me, really. It's only benefits others. If you go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you type in teach better, hashtag teach better19. Any of the people that are on there, oh my God, man, the friggin' conference was so good this weekend. I really, really loved it. It was so impactful, like in a way where I haven't been moved by some of the conversations I've had with people <laughs> in a long time. And I feel really excited to go into school next week and to really like like have a have the best year that I possibly could. Um in a, in a just a different way. It was just, it was awesome. So I really thank all those guys that that did that with us. Um, and that's it. We have anything else going on?
0: No, goodness gracious. We don't need anything. Book edits. That's what we have going on. Edits, book working edits. on the
1: book. That's it until that thing's done. So that's it gang. I appreciate all of you. Peace. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.